0: You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. So it looks like we've got a nice group here. Let's go ahead and start this live. And the topic I wanted to talk about today is once saved, always saved. Ooh, we catch a lot of heat for this one, don't we? It's... Uh, amazing to me how once saved, always saved is so darn insulting. Man, you know, when you begin to express the knowledge of the new covenant, you're going to catch a lot of heat for quite a few things. (laughs) But I would have to put the top three things um, that I get a lot of kickback on. And it's not from people who don't understand the new covenant. It's people who are new to the new covenant, which is the only covenant available for planet earth. And that is once saved, always saved. What do they say? O S A S O S A S is a lie, but is it? Think about it. If once saved, always saved, isn't true. How many saved is always saved Two. 10, A hundred? How many times are you getting saved? Think about it. Is it when you get water baptized? Oh, it'll really stick then. Once I get dunked in water, then I'm once saved. No, none of that stuff has anything to do with how many times you're saved. You are saved once by grace through faith. Jesus Jesus saves you once once and for all time you are saved because of Christ so let's back up and talk about what saves what saves you is a life of good works proof of your salvation is it how can you be sure you had enough good works if you have an answer for that it's not based on grace If it's based on works, it's not based on grace. You might have a legalistic thought popping in your head. What about faith without works is dead? That also does not list a lifetime of works. It lists one work by two different people. And it is a one-time act of saving faith. It is not a lifetime of works. In James chapter 2, we see Abraham and we see Rahab. They were justified by faith just like everybody else is. So, without getting off track here into that... If you think works is evidence that saves you, you're going to have to come up with a number. (laughs) What is it? Because then you're going to have to apply that number to how many times you're being saved. So then you think about, did I work hard enough to get saved again? What is keeping me saved? Is turning from your sins. I repent of my sins. What does that mean? I repent of my sins Repenting is good Always repent Always turn But you're not Repeatedly turning From your sins To be re-saved You're turning from your sins Because you are saved And because you can't be unsaved So let's go to the next step What saves you Anybody know I didn't know for a long time even though I had been saved for a very long time what saves you the life of Christ saves you his death forgave you his life saved you so the only way and we see this a couple different scripture references Jesus says in the book of John I believe it's chapter 14 because I live you also will live Colossians three, Christ, who is your life? What else? Hebrews chapter seven, because he lives, he is able to save completely because he always lives. He is able to save completely. So your salvation is tied up in the life of Christ. That's how you can't flub it up. You died supernaturally. Supernaturally. You were crucified on the cross, buried in the tomb, and then you walked out as a brand new resurrected creation, fully connected to the spirit of Jesus Christ for good. So the only way you could be unsaved is all of that was undone. Jesus would have to go back in time, get back up on the cross, get off the cross, go backwards in his life, get back into Mary, go back up into heaven, and then do it all over again to save you again. He ain't doing that. He lives so you stay saved completely. You might have some legalistic thoughts bombarding you right now. Are you just saying you can do whatever you want? You're just giving people a license to sin, McMillan. Half of that is right. I am saying you can do whatever you want. What do you want? you want what god wants you want to do what is natural for you you want to live righteously you want to express the holy spirit through your actions and attitudes you want what god wants and you're going to prove this one way or the other either by ignoring what you truly want which is to live a holy life and being miserable or by expressing your righteous new nature so yeah you absolutely do what you want you can do exactly what you want if somebody says you're just saying you can do whatever you want it's really because they don't understand what they want that's the number one rebuttal we get for this you're telling people they can do whatever they want chill bro chill if you're a christian you want this too switch hands here so the reason why they talk to you like that is because They think they're doing a better job at doing something good that you're not doing and you better catch up and get in line and be, you know, obedient like them. I'm getting a little sarcastic here. I apologize. So I'm going to try to reel that back a little bit. The triggers, these are triggers. The fact of the matter is you are obedient. Naturally your actions and attitudes don't make you obedient. Romans 6 tells us this. You're obedient from the heart. You have a righteous new nature with a good heart that is naturally obedient. You're not doing stuff to be obedient. That is what you are, Christian. You're naturally obedient. So, then let's talk about that other elephant in the room. You're just giving people a license to sin, Matt. Am I? Who needs a license? Everybody is sinning without one. Christians, too. We don't need a license. God's grace is not a license to sin because everybody's sinning anyway, just fine without it. God's grace is the power overcome sin God's grace teaches us to live a self-controlled upright holy godly life why? and we're told about this in Titus chapter 2 it is the grace of God that teaches you you know sometimes I, I'm i doing these lives and I'm speaking scripture I, I don't even realize I'm doing it and that's what happens to you guys when you When you begin to understand this message you're going to naturally speak out this good stuff so titus chapter 2 tells us it is the goodness of god that teaches you it doesn't say the law teaches you it doesn't say your pastor teaches you no disrespect to your pastor it doesn't say grandma teaches you i love my grandma those things don't teach you god's grace does so it is the grace of god that teaches you how to live An upright, self-controlled, godly life. It's not a license to sin. And if you think about it, what is the true license to sin? It's the law. The law of Moses is is the license to sin. What do I mean by that? For the Jews, they knew if they sinned the next annual day of atonement, they can just get that taken care of It would be atoned by animal blood. So they would sin 613 different ways, not just 10. You know, our modern church has cherry-picked just 10 of the 613 commandments. There's 613. And if you want to live by the law, you must do it perfectly. That's what Jesus said. And he said that in Matthew chapter 5 to the people who thought they were doing a great job of not sinning. Because he was saying you're using the law as a license to sin. You self-righteous jerks. So, when we look to the commandments for righteousness, we're using that as a license to sin. Does that make sense? This is why we have to repent from the law 100%. Another legalistic thought might pop up. Are you just saying that we can commit adultery and steal and lie and murder? You don't want to do that, Christian. You don't need 9, 10, 613 commandments to tell you not to do that. You already know. So, when you do that, are you going to look back to the law to fix it? No. The law is not a faith. The law has no ability to make you righteous. The righteous have always lived by faith, even before the law. Abraham lived before the law, he was righteous by faith. Rahab, righteous by faith. Now she was after the law, but she was not a Jew. So what does that tell you now? I'm gonna button this up. <laughs> Once saved, always saved is true. You can't mess this up. When you sin, it's not more powerful than the blood of Jesus. When you make a mistake, you can't undo what the cross and resurrection has done. So what you're gonna have to deal with as a christian is not worrying about losing your salvation but instead maturing learning growing learn grow mature let's get rid of everything that's fearful in regard to your relationship with god let's replace it with grace and then let's apply that to our relationships here on planet earth let's apply that to ourselves And then let's enjoy our lives because this is a little blip on the radar friends (laughs) even if you live a hundred years that's nothing compared to eternity so let's begin to enjoy grace now because once you die and go to heaven grace doesn't end we just get rid of the power of sin all death is gone decay is gone it's gonna be awesome so Hope you enjoyed this live today. I might have gone over a little bit. And um, always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? You're righteous. You're blameless. You're holy. Be holy like God is holy. That is what you are. You're not doing anything to be holy. That's what you are. You're perfect. Yeah, you're perfect. I'm not talking about what you do. Talk about who you are. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us, by one offering, you have been made perfect, and that is Jesus. So tell the truth about yourself today. Enjoy your weekend. And um, until the next time, my friends, God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.